everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story, and in this edition, it's all about winning and losing with Super Bowl 50 just ahead in the Bay Area. We'll get a chance to talk with CBS sportscaster and classic car guy James Brown. JB has an update for us on his collection. You know, we talked with him just when we were starting talking about cars about a year ago. He'll give us the update there. Then we'll follow up a wild week of auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona. Joining us, Fast and Loud's Richard Rawlings of Gas Monkey Garage. But first... Let me take a moment to thank some of our podcast listeners, and we get you guys from all over the country, all over the world, really. And some of our podcast listeners are a bit more devoted than others. And I'd like to say thank you to the folks in Amherst, Massachusetts, Cordova, Tennessee, and for our international listeners, you folks in Winnipeg, Canada, for being our top listening cities. You folks in Massachusetts and Tennessee listened to practically all of our podcasts this past week, and I'm guessing you liked them. So let me tell you this. Go tell your friends. Call them. Let them know how we're doing and what we're doing. Get them to listen, either on iTunes or at our website, talkingaboutcars.net. We have some pictures from Barrett Jackson, by the way, up on that website. Uh, some pictures from our recent trip. So, Oh, and by the way, if you're on iTunes, don't forget to rate us, write a review, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. You can do that. You can actually subscribe. And as the new Talking About Cars comes on, they'll let you know and they'll sock it away for you so you could uh, listen to it at your leisure. That way, our little podcast that could gets a really good ranking on iTunes, and that certainly doesn't hurt. Did you know that iTunes has a top 200 automotive podcast ranking? Really. We got up to about 30, which, frankly, is stunning to me, and I thank you for that. Uh, We've slipped a little, but that's okay. We're still in the top 75, so I kind of like that. And we'd love to be able to move higher, and we could do that with your help. Again, thanks for listening, and we have some great podcast guests ahead. And for this edition of Talking About Cars, we have some great guests now. Let's start off with the Super Bowl. As I mentioned earlier, James Brown joined us over a year ago, really. We got a chance to talk about his cars. He's really a Chevy guy. He has Camaros. He has all sorts of cars. And he has uh, actually a celebrity car of sorts from a former from a former NFL player. When I caught up with him at the recent CBS Media Junket out in Pasadena, I asked him to explain what he meant when he told me, and he actually told me this, he said he had downsized his car collection. What? The reason for thinning the inventory is named my wife, Dorothy. Absolutely. And most What did you do, man? What did you do? (laughs) Most other enthusiasts would be saying the same thing with you. And actually, she's probably just a convenient excuse. It really isn't that. Uh, My wife certainly supported my uh, my hobby in that regard. But two things happened. One, grandkids. uh, And two, my machinist slash mechanic made me aware the worst thing that I could do with the car is to let it sit. And I was wondering while I was having some maintenance challenges with some cars, I did not know that like in the exhaust system, if you let it sit, the, the water there, the condensation would ultimately rust out uh, the exhaust system and the like. And the car needs to be driven so that the fluids can circulate through the engine and not just a matter of starting them up. You need to go out and drive them so as to put a load on the alternator, all of those things. And of course, with the five and a half months that I'm involved in football traveling, I don't get a chance to drive that much. I even bought those... Um, um, those um, 
what is it called? You place them up under the tires, flat stoppers, I guess is what you call them. Uh, that's so it lifts the car and you don't... Yeah, and also, yeah, yeah so that the tire stays in a rounded fashion as opposed to sitting on all four... What a, Randy, you probably know more about this than me, where each of the tires maybe is covering about six inches of ground that the, that the rubber is actually on. Well, those are flat spots in the car. Then if you get out and go riding, now you you know, you know got flat spots permanently there. So I sold a few cars. Thankfully, I put them in good homes. There's one couple that bought my 55 Chevy, a yellow and white 55 Chevy, five-speed, beautiful car, a post-55 car, side post. Um, and there's a couple in Idaho that purchased a car, and the guy bought it for his wife. Apparently, they both can turn wrenches. The only thing I can turn is an ignition switch. And she sent me a note, and it made me feel so good. She said her car won first place in a big car show out there. They recently, for Christmas, sent me a calendar where that car is on the cover. It's one of a number of shots that they've taken of uh, old-school cars out there. They're loving the car, and that makes me feel so good because I told them, I stand behind the car. If they have any kind of issues, let me know because I took good care of the cars. My my, uh, machinist mechanic, Bernie Day, he's a race car crew chief, took superb care of the car. That was a 1955 yellow and white Chevy that I bought from uh, an Italian gentleman down in Chesapeake, Virginia, by the name of Joe Mustaka, who uh, ex-Navy, and the car was named Yellow Rose because under the hood of the car was a beautifully painted mural that I left on there and asked the people that I sold the car to, the Burgesses, if they would leave it there because it's really impeccably done and has got a, a, a paint, a, a rendering of a 56 Chevy next to his 55 Chevy in there that belonged to his deceased sister. So it's really a beautifully done a mural under there, and they've got it uh, in place. Let me keep this in perspective for people who are listening. Uh, how many cars did you start with when you started thinning the herd? Certainly not a Jay Leno amount of cars. I was blessed to go see Jay Leno's collection at his um, <clears throat> Burbank uh, airport hangar. Yeah. I got it. What'd you think of that? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Mouth dropping. He. I, I love the fact that he is just a down-to-earth, regular guy. And after being on his show when I was working with Fox and he had Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, and myself there, found out that I enjoyed cars, invited me out to take a look at his collection. Awesome. He is, he, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Love him. Love the fact that he's just a regular, easily accessible, easily approachable guy. And I don't know how many he has, and I shouldn't spread his business anyway. But once I saw his, and I didn't feel so bad about the 14 that I had, you know, because <laughs> my guys are thinking I was crazy with 14 of them. I'm probably down to about six or seven now, Randy. And you mentioned Reggie White, God bless him, the uh, um, the late uh, Hall of Fame football player. He had two 1950 Mercuries. His son wanted one of them that had been completed because he took it to his prom. The second one was in in restoration in upstate Michigan. So I moved it from there when that shop closed, and it has been since we last talked, the car should be ready in about the next six weeks. And that that reflects the fact that I had so many cars that I had in various states of completion that I realized I'm shelling out a lot of money putting these cars together because five and a half months out of the year, I'm doing this. So I only had another, you know, five months effectively before the football season started. So it made sense to get rid of them. But I'm keeping that one because it has personal meaning. Doesn't that remind you, though, of the old joke about a guy who found a 35-year-old cleaner's tag or something like that? He goes into the cleaners and he says, you know, this sounds crazy. I found this. My father used to have it. You know, what does it go to? The guy looked at it and he goes, it'll be ready Thursday. <laughs> 
I never heard that one. That's awesome. A perfect description of what I've been trying to explain to my wife about some of the cars that are in restoration because I've got one other one. It's a 1941 Chevy Cabriolet that I probably purchased about seven years ago that hopefully will be ready by the spring of the year as well, too. At this age and stage in life, while I still like a thumper, if you will, something that's got a nice hard-hitting sound to it, wicked camshaft, it's nice to have a car you could just sit in turn the key, have like an LS motor in there, and just drive it anywhere and enjoy it. And that's what I'm looking for. Why the 41 Chevy? Uh, it looked good when I saw it. It just simply looked good. We went to uh, the Richmond Good Guys show, I believe it was. It might have been a National Street Rider Association. I think it was Good Guys show that we went to there. And, uh, and and it looked good. It looked roomy. And I thought I could take my wife and also a couple of family members in it because a lot of the cars I have, like the Camaro, you know, you can't put anybody in the back seat with that. Uh, the, the 66 Nasty Nova that Mike Ambrose out here in North Hills, Hollywood, um, Ambrose Interiors worked on for me as well, too. You know, I can't put anybody in the back there because it's basically a two-seater with roll bars back there. Um, I've got another. I've got a, a another '69 Camaro. I actually sold two. One was called Black Silk. The other was Black Cherry that I sold to a guy on the West Coast. I'm not sure exactly where he is on the West Coast. So I wanted something that I could carry the, the folks around. And now that I've got grandkids, it would be nice to have room enough to take them for a ride as well. Very awesome. So that means you're not going to be getting a station wagon or anything like that, like an old classic station wagon to rump rump around. Probably not. I, I can I can appreciate them. Uh, the Woodies, if you will, or Station Wagons, I can appreciate them, but th- that's not my personal taste. So, so you're a uh, you're well known in the biz as being a car guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else do you talk to about cars in the business? Are there many sportscasters out there that are car guys? I don't know about other sportscasters, but there are a number of athletes who are into it as well too. A number of the Washington football players are into it as well too. I, I found so many guys who really are into it, and it's really nice to have that kind of a family of a car enthusiast with whom to talk. I'm just trying to get to enjoy more time with them. Bart Scott, my colleague in the studio, he's a huge car fan and car collector as well too. Deion Sanders has got some cars as well, so it's nice to be able to talk to those guys as well. James Brown, who may have cut down his collection from 14 cars to six or seven, but that's still more than you or I have. Look for JB not only in the Super Bowl coverage on CBS, but he's always around for boxing coverage, other CBS coverage in the future. Oh, and also, Deion Sanders and I talked about some of his cars. He actually joined us in a previous podcast. So if you missed that conversation and you want to get up to date on what's going on with Deion Sanders and his car collection, you could listen to that on iTunes and, of course, at TalkingAboutCars.net. Now, last week, I got a chance to go out to Scottsdale, Arizona, not only to interview some really great people for talking about cars, but I got to do it in the Smokey and the Bandit promo car, the 1977 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am, you know, with the screaming chicken on the front, that sold recently at Barrett-Jackson for a half million dollars, not including the buyer's premium. That's right. We talked to them in the car. I sat in the driver's seat. And in this edition, sitting in the passenger seat was... (laughs) 
That's right. Richard Rawlings of Fast and Loud and Gas Monkey Garage. He'll take a chance on some Smokey and the Bandit trivia here in a moment. And uh, about his experience with Trans Ams, where does that start for you? What's your Trans Am experience? I got to play a little Burt Reynolds uh, in one of my episodes, and uh, we drove the Trans Am. We had a good time. It wasn't this one. And uh, as a matter of fact, I bought one uh, last night uh, just like this car, but this, this car special. Well, tell me your Trans Am story. My Trans Am story. I had a Bandit Trans Am in high school. Uh, it was uh, when I was like 17, big turn 18. It was red though, uh, black interior, T-top, 6.6, four-speed, killer car for an uh, 18-year-old guy, and uh, it was it was really rad. Um, it highly evolved my uh, dating life. <laughs> uh, it helped, no doubt. Yes, it did. <laughs> so tell me. Your car, your past with these Trans Ams. I mean, why the Trans Am? How many times did you see the movie? Oh, thousands. I mean, I was a Burt Reynolds fan, I mean, and a car guy, period, from the time. I mean, everybody else was playing sports or, you know, basket weaving or whatever. I'm watching, you know, Smoking the Bandit, Hooper, what have you, anything, you know, anything with cars. And, and uh, you know, Burt was right there in all the movies, and uh, it was all about, you know, Trans Ams and having fun. Now, here on Talking About Cars, always ask four basic questions of the people in our passenger seat. Number one, first car you ever had? Uh, my first car was a 74 Mercury Comet, and it was kind of that pea green color with pea green interior. It was a very horrible uh, experience for me, but it was transportation. Well, I was going to say, how do you go from the glory of the Trans Am to pea green? Well, I went from the Comet to the glory of the Trans Am, Oh, that's good. good. That's the right order. <laughs> that's the right order. <laughs> yeah. Is there a car you've ever had, and you've had so many cars, that you wish you never sold, that you wish you could get back? Believe it or not, yes, um, that Trans Am I had in high school. I've never been able to find that combination again. It was red, gold bird, gold honeycomb wheels, mm -hmm. black interior, four speed with Hearst T-tops. And I've never been able to find that combination again. Me and Dennis both have been looking for 10 years. Anybody out there know where that car is? Call this me. is the man to ask. All right, so you have a lot of cars. Yes. You don't have to list them all here, but what kind of cars do you have in your garage? You know, it's, I got, it's like if I was in the jean business, my garage would be full of jeans, but I'm in the car business, so I have a lot of cars, but as far as my personal collection, I've got probably 20-ish cars right now. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite being uh, my black 32 Ford three-window, mm -hmm. and uh, I actually own Hellcat number two, so that's oh, pretty wow. cool. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. And uh, then, um, you know, I just got a bunch of different stuff in there. I, I'm not really at the point where I can buy some of these million-dollar cars, but you know, I got a few $20,000 toys. So you're really into the whole number one car, number two car, number three car. Yeah, we actually brought uh, Copo Camaro's number one and two here today. Uh, they'll be selling tomorrow night, actually. All right, so you've seen the cars here at the auction. You've bought a few yourself. Mm -hmm. Is there a number one car on the uh, big list you have of cars I really want someday? Uh, amateur rookie mistake. My phone's ringing. That's okay. Maybe there they have go. the answer Hold for on you. one second. I think that's Scott selling a car to. Hello? Okay. We could have breaking news right now. Yes, Stay sir. tuned. Richard Rawlings is yes, right sir. now talking to a guy, possibly about a car that he's trying he to sell. He can make sell. it out to uh, Richard Rawlings or Gas Monkey Garage. See, he's writing the check right now. Yep. And no doubt it's going to be on like one so of those what, huge things. Just, I'll be here all day. Just give me a holler when you're back over here. Could be a big check. Big check. Okay, not a problem. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. 
Well, there you go, brother. I bought a car last night for twenty-eight thousand and just sold it for thirty-five. Awesome. Well, <laughs> good. Congratulations. That's great. Now, what car was it? Uh, it was a nineteen thirty-two Ford, chopped and channeled, all steel, but it was pink. So everybody out there was scared to death of it. But it's a steel chopped and channeled thirty-two. Come well, on. Why would pink make them afraid? I don't know. All righty. Breaking uh, news. Richard Rollins. So you were asking me a question before I was rudely interrupted. Yes. What was it? The question again was, on the Richard Rawlings list of cars I really want, someday, number one on that list would be what? Besides this car, which I'm going to make a run at. I just don't think I've got a deep enough pockets. Uh, Lamborghini Mira, 69 or 70 Mira. Mm -hmm. P400 would be cool. Probably my top of the list. But this car right here... I'd give uh, a lot of money for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out there bidding. I'm, John, gonna, I'm gonna be pretty strong on it. You know, John Schneider used to have one of those Lamborghini Murus. Said he wish he could always get that car back. That is oh, a great well, car. He has a lot of things he wishes he could get back. That's <laughs> <laughs> John Schneider. John Schneider, why not? <laughs> I only jest, John. I only jest because he's a buddy of mine. I've met, I've met him a few times. He's cool. All right, since you are such a Smokey and the Bandit aficionado, time once again, Smokey and the Bandit trivia. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Six questions. No one has got all of them. So, okay, here we go. Here we go. Number one. I don't know. How many Dukes of Hazard TV stars are actually in Smokey and the Bandit? Zero, one, or three? Dukes of Hazard TV stars in Smokey and the Bandit. I'm going to go with one. The answer is three. Uh, that's what I said, three. Right. That's what I heard, right? John Schneider, Sonny Schroyer who played Enos, and Ben Jones, Cooter. Remember? I didn't know Cooter was in there. I didn't either. I saw it on IMDb. I swear, that's all it is. All right, number two. Once Hal Needham told Jerry Reed to write a song for the show, and he came up with Eastbound and Down, how long did it take for him to write it? Two weeks, two days, two hours. Two hours. That is correct. Very good. Well, you knew that. You knew that right off the top. Well, he doesn't stutter when he writes. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Number three, who, and now Burt Reynolds was not the original bandit, as they hired him to be. Uh, who was the original bandit? Elvis Presley, Jerry Reed, or Sally Field? Well, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I want to say Sally Field. I think she was trying to get out and get away. <laughs> but I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed is correct. Very good. Jerry Reed was the original one. They decided to make a change and went with um, Burt Reynolds. All right, number four, two out of three. Very good. How many movies did Burt Reynolds make with Sally Field, including the Bandit movies? One, four, or six? Six. Six. Four is the answer I have. Smokey and the Bandit, one and two. Hooper and the end, unless you know two other ones. There's a couple floating on the net, I promise you. <laughs> All right. And he's correct with six. <laughs> Those were released for TV. <laughs> I never thought of that. Well, I'll give you credit, I think. All right. Jackie Gleason modeled Buford T. Justice uh -huh. after who? A, a sheriff who once pulled him over. B, Hal Needham. C, Burt Reynolds' dad. I'm going to go with Hal Needham. All right. That's your final answer? Sure. All right. Answer Burt Reynolds' dad. Really? Apparently, well, see, I didn't know Burt Reynolds' dad. That's a, that must be like some psychological thing. I don't know. Six and final answer. I'm a failure at this. No, so you're far. not doing bad, actually, as, as, as soon as we edit, do this in post. Well, you'll be oh, brilliant. Magic of television. Magic of television. You'll wizard. be brilliant. What engine 
Did the Trans Am, the one that did the bridge stunt, remember that one? Uh huh. What engine did that Trans Am have in it? Was it an Olds, a Chevy, or a Pontiac? Um, I should know this, and I'm going to go with it had the Olds. The answer is the Chevy. Really? They, they stuck like that car? apparently they stuck a NASCAR Chevy in it or something like that because yeah. I guess so. Weight and small block and what have you. But you know something overall. You did okay. Well, I got a little Burt Reynolds trivia for you. Uh-oh, here we go. Okay. Everybody knows the hat. Yes. You know, the black hat from uh, Smoking the Bandit Correct. 2 with the feathers and all that stuff on it. Where exactly does that hat reside? I'm going to take a wild guess and say Gas Monkey Garage? Yes, it does. Hey! <laughs> hey! That's, wow. He came up to me after filming, and I get goosebumps right, right right now talking about it. He goes, you know what this is? I said, well, yes, sir. I think everybody in the world knows what that is. And he goes, well, I didn't know who I was going to give it to, but I'm going to give it to you. Really? Like, sir, I said, I can't take that. And, and he did it in just true Burt fashion. He goes, oh, you will. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, I don't think I shed a man tear. I was like, holy cow. So it sits at my desk, and, uh, you know, um, that is, for, for me, being 46 years old, growing up, watching all of Burt's movies, Getting to work with him once and uh, and, and just it, it shaped my life. Unbelievable. Very, very cool. Richard Rawlings, Gas Monkey Garage, Fast and Loud, a real Smokey and the Bandit fan. All right, don't forget to check us out. That's right, check us out and listen to us on iTunes. And when you go there, rate us, review us, subscribe. Tell us what you think of the podcast as well as on SoundCloud and our website, TalkingAboutCars.net. I'll be uploading even more pictures to our website from Barrett Jackson and on Twitter so you can see what is going on in the world of classic cars. That'll do it for this week's Talking About Cars. Coming up in our next podcast, the NHRA begins their new season in Pomona, start of the 2016 season. Erica Ender-Stevens, the two-time back-to-back champion, will be joining me. We'll also have some other surprises as well. And I believe Velocity TV's Chris Jacobs will return and he and I do some singing. But please, please listen anyway. Also, a reminder as part of our new partnership with Generation Auto TV, you can actually see me interview Richard Rawlings, as well as many others in the car world. Plus, Generation Auto's Julian White will be doing some interviews as well. He'll be interviewing Burt Reynolds and many more surprises. You can check it out on Generation Auto TV's YouTube page. Go to YouTube, search Generation Auto TV, or you can check their website, generationauto.tv. Until next week, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.